Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right. Hey, guys. Are you the kind of person who likes to try new things? Yes? You know, some, some people... They're a bit timid to try new things, you know, but some of us are really up for trying amazing new things, you know. We're super enthusiastic about trying things, and, and some of us, though, are not so adventurous. I know a couple of people in my world that are very timid and not so adventurous about trying anything new at all. But I think the level of our engagement in a new activity is directly related to the fear it elicits in us, right? It depends on how dangerous or fearful that activity is and so something on the scale like you know trying new food and someone says to us hey have you ever had spanish food and you go no you go would you try this you probably say sure yeah i'll try some spanish food never had that before but i'd love to try it but maybe there's some food out there that probably you wouldn't try right i know there's some weird food that i've seen that i wouldn't try something like lamb's brains Never tried that. Don't want to try that. You know, snake. You can buy snake and eat snake. Haven't tried that. And I apologize if this is some of your favorite foods. But, you know, it's not my favorite food. Maybe pig's feet. My grandmother used to make that. It's like, you know. And one day, don't worry, we're getting there. One day, <laughs> my grandmother gave me something she said was roast beef. And she's like, enjoy this. It's great. It's roast beef. And I ate it. And after I ate it, she told me it's cow's tongue. So that was gross. So I didn't enjoy that at all, right? But when I was in the Philippines, thank you, Kian, they, get to, they tried to get me to eat balut, right? For those of you non-Filipinos, you don't know what balut is. Balut is a fermented or already, you know, an embryo of a chicken or a duck that's already been born in the shell, right? So it's not an egg, it's an embryo. It's been frozen, and then you open it, and you can chew up the feathers and the beak and all of it, wonderful stuff together. It's a delicacy in the Philippines. So if they ever take you there and give you an egg, and you have to ask them, is it an egg or is it balut? Because you never know what's inside. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's sometimes a weird thing for us. Food, scale level, we might say, yeah, we'll try some new food, but then that's extreme activities that maybe we're not so enthusiastic about, like maybe bungee jumping, right? Or skydiving. We have Cheyenne, who's sitting back there. Come on, Cheyenne, give it up for Cheyenne, who jumped out of an airplane <laughs> on his birthday, and he has the pictures to prove it. So I think it's on your social media, right? Go check it out. So I don't know about you, but there would be nothing in this world other than Jesus returning that would make me jump out of a perfectly good airplane <laughs> with a parachute. And then they tell you like, hey, here's a parachute, but in case, in case this one doesn't open up, you have a backup. I would like to know why there's a backup, <laughs> right? Because there's obviously some mistake that happened along the way that the first one didn't open. So... I wouldn't be jumping out of any parachutes with no parachute, 10 parachutes, a whole billion parachutes when the plane's perfectly functional, right? So 
How are you when it comes to trying something new, a new adventure, right? What is your adventure scale like? Is it really high, you like, you want to try new things, or is it really adverse and low? What about your faith scale? Faith is also an adventure that we can go on that has a scale of participation. Like trying something new, many of us sometimes are hesitant to engage with our faith because we see fear more than we see faith. Have you ever felt God prompt you? Maybe you're in a particular service like this and you know, there's a move of God or you felt the Holy Spirit just prompt you to walk across the room and pray for someone and you kind of said, mm, I'm not really comfortable with doing that, right? But what could have happened if you walked across the room and prayed for someone? There could have been a miracle. There could have been a healing. There could have been an encouragement. But we didn't step out of our comfort zone and do that. What if God tapped you on the shoulder and said, Hey, there's a person I want you to call or text like we heard what Sophie was doing this morning. I want you to text them and encourage them. Maybe they're going through something at that particular moment and God's prompting you and he's saying, I want you to do this. And you just push it away and go, you know, I'm just too busy. I don't, I don't know how they'll receive it. I'm not sure. What could have happened? What could have done? What could it have done to your faith and their faith? Maybe when you go through difficult seasons in your life, you would have loved to have got a message. Or maybe there's a time in your prayer life where you're praying, and I've had this happen to me, where you felt a burden to maybe go somewhere and help people in another country. Maybe just go on a short-term trip or a mission trip or, or just give towards someone in another country, and you've kind of put it on the back burner and said, you know, it's not the right time, and you've made many excuses because I don't have the right funds. It's just not the right season in my life. But what could have happened to the person who would have received it and the person who could have given it. How could that have changed your life and their life? And when we don't lean into our faith adventure, we often feel like our faith walk is boring. It's not exciting anymore because there's nothing exciting. We want to see miracles. We want to see God do great things in our life. We want to see people do and change and people around us have impacts and what God is doing. And we want to hear stories of God moving in our life and the lives of those around us. But when we don't lean into our faith adventure, we're often left feeling empty because so often when the opportunity is presented for us to step up into something amazing, we hesitate because we come we become risk averse. But great things require great faith in action. God presents us with the opportunity to engage our faith all the time. We have opportunities all around us all the time. When we refuse to let faith lead us into these opportunities, we're left with comfort leading us. And no one did anything great by letting comfort lead them in any direction. Comfort doesn't expand your faith. Comfort doesn't lead you into an exciting faith adventure. Comfort does not propel you into the path that God has designed for you. So don't let comfort lead you. Let courage lead you. Always choose courage over comfort. 
and you will see some amazing things in your world. You will see some amazing things happen. You know, Jesus, he was fascinated or enthralled with two things. In fact, if you read the King James Version of Scripture, it says that Jesus marveled, and I love the word marveled, and we're not talking about the Marvel Universe, we're talking about amazement. Jesus marveled at two things. One was people's faith, and the second one was people's lack of faith. That is the only two things that Jesus marveled at. People's faith and people's lack of faith. So where do you want to sit on that scale? Where do you want to exist? Where would you want to sit on that scale of faith? We can't live comfortable lives and have radical faith. We can't let comfort guide us. So today, let me tell you about a guy who let courage lead him. Now, he's not perfect. He didn't always have it all together. And sometimes he didn't always make the right choice, but his heart was always in the right place. He had a big mouth that would often get him into trouble. And at times, he didn't always choose right, but he often let courage lead him into amazing experiences. You may know him. His name is Peter, and he was a fisherman. And he decided to follow Jesus. Just some backdrop into what was happening to this amazing experience that Peter had. So Jesus was walking around to all the villages and the towns, and he was going out, and he was preaching about the kingdom of God. And at that time, Herod, who was, you know, put there by Rome, he was the tetrarch, he was the leader, the governor, so to speak, if you want to put it in modern vernacular, of the country. And at the same time where Jesus was going around preaching, his cousin, John, probably know him as John the Baptist, he was also going around speaking at that time. And so Herod had gotten to this adulterous affair with his brother's wife, Herodias. And so his brother's wife, Philip, his brother Philip had gone on a journey and left his wife. And so Herod and Herodias started having this affair. John, who was very vocal about this, saying it's very unlawful for them to carry on in this affair, was going around condemning, people, condemning Herod in public. And so Herod and his fling didn't really like that that John going around speaking about them in this negative way. So he really wanted to capture John. So he got John, he captured him, and ultimately he beheaded him. So John's disciples, they come, they carry John's body, they bury him, and then they go to Jesus and they tell him, your cousin John is dead. This must have caused Jesus some pain because it's his cousin, it's his relative, it's the one who baptized him. And so he wanted to go off and spend some time alone. And so this is where we pick it up. And Matthew tells us, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. The crowds, they were not really concerned about what was happening in Jesus' life. They followed Jesus 
And they really didn't have, give him time for him to mourn his cousin or spend some time just processing what had happened. They kept following him. And, and Jesus got on this boat and he went across the lake because he wanted to just spend some time alone. Spend some time alone speaking to God. But when he landed on the other side of the, of the lake, the scriptures tell us when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. In spite of what Jesus was going through emotionally, he still had compassion on the people that had gathered. In spite of his own personal distress, Jesus felt compassion for all these people that met him. And so he healed them. But then he, he travels into the wilderness. He tries to get away from the crowd and he travels into the wilderness. But the crowd, well, they don't want to leave him alone. They follow him into the wilderness. And so as he's traveling to the wilderness, there's this massive crowd of people following him, and I mean massive crowd. After a while, he stops, and he sees everyone following him, and so he sits down, and he begins to teach them, and he teaches them, and he talks to them, and he spends the whole day teaching them. And then he realizes that, hey, uh, we're out in the middle of wilderness, the wilderness place is here, and there's this massive crowd of people, and they haven't eaten anything. And this is where you find him doing the miracle of feeding the 5,000. There's this one little kid who remembered to bring his lunch because no one planned this journey. No one planned this trip. Jesus was just trying to go off in the wilderness and spend some time by himself because of what happened with his cousin John. But they just followed him out and there wasn't something planned. So no one brought a lunch. But there's one kid who probably had his mother pack a lunch. He's like, you know, if you go out, here's a lunch. So they had like two fish and five you know, pita breads or whatever it was. And they gave that to Jesus. Jesus blessed it and he fed 5,000. The scripture says 5,000. But in reality, it's probably more like 15,000 because they just counted the men. They were their wives and they were kids. So he does this miracle. But remember why he went out to this place in the first place. He just wanted to spend some time alone because his family member had been killed. And so he wanted to spend some time in solitude and prayer. But because of the needs of people, Jesus pauses on his own emotional state and he takes care of the people. But after Jesus has fed them, the scripture says this, it was coming to the close of the day, and so he sends his disciples across the lake. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Finally, he gets to spend some time alone processing and talking to God about what happened. Jesus finally gets to go up this mountain and he prays there all night. Meanwhile, the disciples, well, they've gotten on the boat and they are crossing back across the lake to where they had left from, right? And so they're moving across this lake and as they're moving across this lake, you know, the evening time, a massive storm hits them and they're caught up in the storm in the middle of this lake. Now, Jesus, he was on the mountainside and he can look down into the lake and he can see the disciples in the middle of the storm. I'll also remind you 
that it was Jesus who sent them into the storm. For most of us, this is where doubt would start to creep in. Why would God abandon me in the middle of the storm? Why would God send me if he knew there was going to be some obstacles? Because as I said before, most of us want to follow God because we think it's going to be something that's comfortable. But this scenario, this situation, this circumstance challenges us. Why is Jesus not with us when we are in the storm? Why would he send us here in the first place? Does our faith begin to fail when we look at the size of the storm? Do we question why we end up in situations we end up with? Because we look at the size of the storm? This does not seem like a great faith adventure, does it? This looks like I'm about to perish. This looks like I'm about to die. I might lose my life in the middle of this storm. Have you ever been through a storm? A storm of personal crisis? A storm of people talking about you? A storm where you're in stress financially and it feels like there's no way out? Why would God send you there? When I'm about to lose my job and I have to take care of my family, where is God? When the doctor says I'm sick, things don't look so good, where is God in my storm? And I feel stressed and work is overwhelming me and I have bills and family and kids and things to take care of. Where is Jesus now? It's easy to look at the storm in front of us and let our faith wander, doesn't it? Because what we see is the reality in front of us. And faith, well, faith is some feeling that's distant and far away. It's not real. It's not here right now. And so you wouldn't be too harsh on the disciples, right? Because you know how it feels to be in the middle of a storm. And when you're asking for Jesus, he's nowhere in sight. So we're left with a choice, right? Faith or fear? Which one do we lean into? Where do we go now? How do we move out of this space and this place? Well, Jesus, as we said, he's on the mountaintop and he's seeing them. And so he sees their distress and he descends the mountain and he walks across the water to them. I can imagine the disciples on a small boat in the middle of the storm. And it would have been a serious storm because some of them were experienced fishermen. And they still had not got to the other side. I remember when I was in the Philippines, when I was at this place called Tagbilaran. They had a little great bay. It was beautiful to look at. And in the middle of this bay, about one to two kilometers out, they had big fish pens. And I was sitting there with one of my friends that went, where I went with. And they're like, you know, it's really great if you go out there and like, we'll go out on the f and check out these fish pens, massive fish pens in the middle of the bay. I'm like, okay, we can try that. Mind you, I'm not a great swimmer. So we're like, okay, we'll get a boat. So they brought a boat. The boat was like midget size compared to me. 
like seriously, it looked like I was a giant on a little boat <laughs> because there were little people. <laughs> so they like put me in this boat and it, the water just came up almost to the end of the boat and I'm like, where's the life jacket? And they're like, you don't need no life jacket. <laughs> and they're going to take me out to the middle of this bay, this fish pen. Like I've prayed, but that was some serious prayer. <laughs> and I can go and I'm looking across the board, the, over the board, and the water's right there, and I can look down and it's deep. And I can see the show go deeper and deeper, and then it gets black, which means you can't see the bottom. Right? So, and I'm a massive guy, as bigger than I am now, on a tiny little boat. So we get to the fish pen, and they pull me up. Because then it's not anchored in there, it's just ro by rope to the bottom, and it's just a massive thing. So we had this great thing, and now we have to go back. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get off this rickety, shaky platform in the middle of the bay onto a tiny little boat. I'm like, if I take one misstep, I'm going to die. Because <laughs> I'm just going to fall off this boat into the bay, and there's no way that tiny little fisherman is going to save me. <laughs> and his tiny little boat would probably capsize. So here's faith and fear. Now, it's nowhere close to what the disciples were experiencing because they were in a storm. But I can tell you that it's quite fearful. And you have to lean into something. So these disciples, they were wrestling the storm all night long and they still didn't get to their destination experienced fishermen in the middle of the storm and so right through the storm they begin to notice this figure approaching them and they freak out right they would freak out because they exhausted mentally they exhausted physically they've been struggling with this boat all night long and out in the middle of the storm, in the dark of night, this comes this figure. And because they'd never seen Jesus do this before, it was natural for them to freak out. So the scripture says this, that shortly before dawn, so you know it's been all night long, shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Modern version, they freaked out. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. And there's some, you know, local legend in that place that apparently existed. There were ghosts there. But what were they supposed to think? They weren't at the height of spirituality in the middle of their struggle. They were just trying to survive. And so they say, gosh, this is just freaky. Do we choose to jump off the boat or do we stay and face this? And like all of us in storms, God does show up. He's always there to quell the fear. He's always there to calm the storms. And even though sometimes we're so focused on the storm, we missed his appearance. We missed his coming. And when he does show up, we are freaking out. But Jesus immediately said to them, because he's not there to terrify them, he's there to calm them. Take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Amen. Jesus says, choose courage. Choose to be courageous. Because it's easier to be fearful than it is to choose courage. 
because we want to lean into fear, it's right there. We all need to take courage as well. When we are faced with the challenges in our world, in our life, let us take courage because God is going to show up in the middle of our storm. He's not going to let us capsize because our life is worth more to him than it is to us. He paid a higher price than you did for your life. So lean into God, take courage. So when we are tended to panic, when we want to lean into stress, when we want to lean into fear, take courage. The opposite of fear is not faith. It is trust. We put our faith in whom we trust, right? You put faith into something or someone you know. You never put faith into something or something or someone you don't know. You only put faith into someone you know. Or you might get a recommendation from someone to, about this person or this job or this situation and you put trust in the recommendation of someone you know. So either way, trust builds faith. So then faith's active ingredient is trust and it's who we trust then that can strengthen your faith. And whom we trust has never failed us. Through the storms, through the pain, through the heartache, through the betrayals, through the rejections, through all the situations of our life, through the ups and downs, Jesus has never failed us. So he is trustworthy. And because he's trustworthy, I don't just have faith, I have faith in him. Faith is not just a feeling. Faith requires an object. Faith requires a destination. Faith needs to be directed at something or someone. And because we know who the someone is, and he has never failed, and he is the most trustworthy person, I can put my faith in him knowing it will never fail. So in all these cases, Christ is the object of my faith. Because when Jesus says, have faith in me, what he's actually saying is, based on my trustworthiness, let your faith rest on me. That's what he's saying. So therefore, we trust a loving father who has our best interests at heart. Because his response, Peter's response, he understands this concept immediately. He understands what Jesus is saying. Because he says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Right? If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Because if it's really you, Jesus, and I know you, I have a relationship with you, I trust you. And because if I know it's you and you tell me to come, it's not that I have faith in other things, I have faith in you. 
I trust you. And so the adventure of my faith begins not when I have some abstract feeling, but it's in who I trust. I trust you. It's who we trust that ultimately strengthens the bonds of relationships. In every relationship in your life, every relationship is built on trust. When trust is eroded, eventually the relationship erodes. If trust is taken away, eventually love will leave. It's who you trust. And when you trust someone, you form greater relationships. And Peter already knew that he trusted Jesus. And so what he asked for is based on that trusted relationship. On the relationship he had with Jesus. The Jesus that he saw raise the dead. The Jesus that he saw just heal the sick. The Jesus that he saw do amazing things and feed 5,000. It's on that trusted relationship that I'm going to do what you asked me to do. So based on who he knows and who he has already seen or what he's seen Jesus do, his faith rests on the who and not on what it is. His faith rests in the who he trusts. So Peter, he steps off the boat. And here is all of our faith adventure. Here is where we get to experience the big faith of our life. Do we step off the boat when who we trust the most asks us to move in a direction that might not seem so convenient for us? When the who that we trust asks us to do something that might be a little bit out of our comfort zone, but we know who we trust. When the who we trust becomes bigger than what you fear, you'll move in the direction that faith requires you to move. It's when you choose courage over fear. It's when you choose who over what that you'll begin to experience the amazing things in your world. Respond on who asks us to because who we trust the most is what or who God is. The next time God prompts you to step up, don't let fear come and comfort stop you from moving and experiencing what faith can radically do in your world. Radical faith is not denying the problem, it's seeing the opportunity in the problem. Peter saw the storm. Peter saw what was happening on the boat. But that didn't deter him. Because he saw the opportunity in the middle of the storm. Peter was the only man that we know in history that's walked on water. Jesus is God. But Peter, he walked on water. It's a seeing who in the middle of what happens in our world. It's seeing the who in the middle of our situation. It's seeing the who in the struggle of our life. It's seeing the who that we trust the most that's going to change our life. And we lean into that. We know we'll come out better on the other side. Our faith will be stronger. Our experience will be greater. There'll be amazing things happening in our world because we trust the who in the middle of the storm. 
It's what makes our faith walk an adventure. When God leads us in directions that might not be convenient, but are always engaging and life-growing. Knowing God will never just leave us dry. He'll not leave us out on a limb. He'll not abandon us to our own devices in the hardest of our times. It's knowing that our faith rests in Him and He is trustworthy. See, the boat here represents the safety of the known while the water is the trust of the relationship. The boat is safety. You think like, I'm trusting what Jesus says. The trust is how you walk on the water. It's when you step off the boat. Because Peter would have never stepped off the boat if he didn't trust Jesus. He would have never, because he knows that no man can walk on water. And when Peter looked at the storm, when Peter got off the boat and he started walking on that water, and then he looked around and he saw the fear of the storm, that's when he sank. That's when he began to sink. The scriptures tell us, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And here's the amazing statement. You of little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Did Peter doubt his ability to walk on water? Or did he doubt who he was looking to? What did his focus shift from to? It's when we take our eyes off Christ that life begins to overwhelm us. As Christ followers, we follow Jesus. We follow where he goes, where he leads. And sometimes he leads us into uncomfortable places. And sometimes we don't want to go. But because we have decided to follow Jesus, we must go where he goes. Even if it's not comfortable for us. But when we keep our eyes on Christ, when we keep Christ central to our world, our life, our journey, the storms we might face will show up in our world. But does, that does not mean it's the absence of God. The storm does not deny Christ. The storms come. Life happens. But God appears in the middle of our storms. So Transformers, when God gives us an opportunity to participate in great faith and adventures, I want you and I encourage you to choose courage and step off the boat. Step off into your great faith adventure. Step off into something that you will experience in a brand new way. You'll never see what God has in store for you unless you step off the safety of the boat. That job opportunity that you're hesitating to take because you think you're not qualified, trust him. He opened the door. That course you always wanted to do, you feel you're not able to do or you think you're not you know, intelligent enough, trust him because he's given you the opportunity. That role, that journey, that decision, trust him because he's brought it into your world. See, Peter didn't have faith that the water could hold him. He trusted that Jesus could sustain him. He trusted Christ and not the water. So God will sustain us. God will sustain you when you choose to put your trust in him.
because trust has an object. You will experience something you never thought you could in your world, in your life, as you step off your safety boat into the adventure of an amazing faith journey. And you will see what God has for you. And not be so hesitant and so risk averse because you look at the fear in front of you and you don't look at the Christ beside you. So choose courage over fear. Choose adventure over comfort. Choose trust over fear. Choose faith over failure. Be courageous. Take courage. That's what Jesus said. So all of us gathered today, those of you watching online, where is your faith scale? Is it really low or is it being built up? Whom do you trust the most? As always, we have two questions for you. If you're here for the first time, we like to ask you questions so you can take away something and implement it into your week. So question number one, ask yourself, what has caused you to choose fear over courage? Technically, that's two questions, but anyway, we'll go with one. Ask yourself, what has caused you to choose fear over courage before? What are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do about this? There's been a time in your life where you've chosen fear over courage. Has there been opportunities where you could have moved towards courage, but you felt fear overwhelm you because you forgot who was beside you? So what are you going to do about it? Think about something specific you can do this week. Maybe it's spending a little more time reading some of the things that are written in the scripture, how, what Jesus did, because that will lift up your faith. Maybe it's listening to someone's story about how God moved in their life. Maybe, just maybe, it's responding when God prompts you to do something and you do it and you see their faith grow and yours grow as well. Number two, how can you build a stronger relationship of faith and trust with God this week? How can you build a stronger relationship of faith and trust with God this week? How can you lean into him a little bit more? Peter, for as a big amount he was, and sometimes did things that all of us would say are very judgmental at the point where he betrayed Christ. He always chose courage in the end. He had to be courageous to stand up in the face of obstacles. And you see it spark out before the resurrection. You know, they come to capture Jesus and he pulls out the sword and he chops off the ear of one of the Roman people, servants. But he has courage. He makes choices of courage. And then he has this fear. But after the resurrection, you see the boldness of Peter appear like never before. He is transformed because he chose to lean further into Christ. So Christ followers, transformers, where are you going to lean in this week? Let me pray for you. Is that okay? 
Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.